0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the 36th episode of the FPL Wire powered by Dreamset Go. We are recording ahead of Game Week 38, the final game week of the season. I'm your host Zofa, and I'm joined for the last time this season by Twitter Statsman Big Man Bakar. It's been amazing podding with you this season, brother. How's it been?
2: Thanks, Soph. It's uh, it's been a pleasure, honestly, uh, talking to the talking to you guys this season. Um, it's honestly been surreal. I mean, a lot of people they ask me whether we've ever met in real life, whether we're real life friends. Um, most of them initially weren't even aware that uh, that we weren't from the same country. I mean, a lot of people still um, mistake me as take take me as an Indian, um, but. Uh, it's it's been great actually we've been just to clarify we've been friends over whatsapp for 3 or 4 years we, longer than that much longer than that 5 years i been, think it, like, maybe on whatsapp i mean WhatsApp we've been five, friends six, on, the...
1: on twitter i think it was that key in season i think that was like 2014 15 but when do you remember uh, which year you were ranked second or
2: Fourth, yeah, that was 14, 15. 15, yeah. yeah I 14, remember 15.
1: interacting with you. I think you posted on the scout forums that you wanted somebody to take over your team because you didn't have time no, to but, manage No, w- but we were
2: acquaintances. We weren't really friends, yeah, right? Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. So, I mean, um, thanks for bringing that up, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, we all make mistakes. <laughs> but, um, I mean, uh, it, it's been great. Um, so, we, we actually had that chemistry for like three or four years and... It's because of the fact that we've been friends over a while that we share this this camaraderie, which is uh, very refreshing to see between uh, uh, people on on both sides of the border. Uh, and I've thoroughly enjoyed playing uh, this this game again, potting with you guys. Honestly, it's been a delight. Just been of course, nice. you've
0: thoroughly enjoyed it. It's up to your game as well in terms of external activities, you know. So of course, you've enjoyed it. How how, how can't you
2: not enjoy that, Packer? <laughs> both on and off the field. They're on and off the field. <laughs>
1: The boy has played well. <laughs> yeah, boy has played well, yes,
0: exactly, exactly. I think that was episode four or five? Yes, one of the first five episodes for sure. One of the first five episodes. It's been great though, man. I'm, I'm glad we started this uh, whole thing together. That's what I'm hoping it stays on for a long, long time. I don't feel the want to stop anytime soon. So let's hope we uh, keep it going. You know, in terms of the camaraderie that we share also i just wanted to actually talk about a little story to our listeners as well i remember around two years ago it, it was the year i was getting married as well and uh, you know in india the wedding celebration is a pretty big deal and you you spend up end up spending a lot of time planning that shit and uh, you know I, with fpl it's it's either all or nothing for me and i just didn't really have time to play the game as a casual and uh, i just handed over uh, the team to these boys in ak for AK is a friend of ours from the chat for a couple of months and they managed to just handle it. They made the template moves. It, it worked. And I was able to finish around the 10K. I gave you all the team between December and Jan, was it? I don't so? know. I thought you were not allowed to speak about that. I thought that information was highly classified. Uh, that's okay. It's all good. It's all good. I think it's <laughs> it's about time we can let go of the information. I do remember though, but that after, you know, after uh, my honeymoon, which I spent in New Zealand, uh, thanks to trigger lips he actually gave me a lot of information about that country I came in you know felt what uh, things were going like for a month or two and then it was that season where I was actually behind my main mini league rival by around 50-60 points and uh, it was that double game week where everybody went Sane triple captain and uh, I managed to go Aguero triple captain Sane did nothing Aguero got like 50-60 points as a triple captain managed to chase him down in one game week so yeah Fond memories, yeah. Fond memories. And thank you for handing that uh, team at that time. I think that's what just FPR and Brotherhood is all about. For sure.
2: If you weren't, married, do you think you'd still have the liberty of leaving your team for two two months behind and just chilling like you did earlier now that you've become more of a celeb?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean,
2: clarity is… has caught <laughs> me off the <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's, that's That's two weeks in a row now. Bakar done that to me. Well played, sir. So. <laughs> well
1: Bakar, Zoff, how's the experience been for you, man? It's been so much fun. and I mean, it's had it a lot, especially because usually, like, you know, I watch games with friends, discuss with friends. This year largely has been spent in isolation, but it hasn't been felt like that. Because, like, you know, coming talking to you guys and then talking about the pod on Twitter to other people has added a little bit big social element and interaction to me, which has enhanced my experience of the game a lot. So, initially, I was a bit apprehensive before starting the pod, like, you know, like maybe I'll say something on the pod and I'll change my mind later on, but I think it's actually helped me structure my decisions better. Nice,
0: nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah so all in all, I'm glad that we started this thing. Uh, you know, actually, uh, it's, it's so underrated that we have something to do when it comes to FPL, right? I mean, I wrote an article on it today as well. Now I was thinking about it because most other people, you know, who are cooked at cooked up at home in this pandemic, they, they don't have as many engaging activities or outlets like we do when it comes to FPL. So I, I just think it's great that we have something to do, whether it's chatting FPL or looking at stats or looking at highlights. I just think it's a very healthy activity, hobby that we have. So, yeah.
1: Right. And that's a part of the reason mm-hmm. I'm actually, I know I said I wouldn't play the Euros, but I'm just wondering what I'm going to do all day. I mean, it just gives you something to discuss, right? Just like, should I do this transfer? Should I change this captain? Because Euro has that thing where you change captains, right? Every yep. day. So It's so a I, healthy
2: distraction, I think.
1: I think so. Well, normally, I'd be busy with work, busy with something else. I think there's not going to be much to do in the summer. I think India is going to be this way for at least another two, three months. So I'm tempted more so than I was definitely two months ago.
2: So for, for for me personally this is uh, you know um, I've been writing and and with you guys for, for a season now. Um, this is probably the first time this season where I've actually felt a bit um, a bit drained um, uh, you know with the quick turnarounds and everything and I had to write as well and you know it gets t- tough with the with the with the matches late at night and then you have to write and produce content the very next day. So I'm actually looking forward to a bit of a break, but I've decided to do the euros and I will be doing the euros content as well. Um, because I know, you know, the, for, for me, a break is like maximum, what, 10 days. And I know that I'll be back into it again within 10 days time. So, I mean, if I, and I, I can't do anything half hours if I'm like playing the game, then I will be researching for it and might as well, you know, write if I'm putting behind the hours for research. It's the competitive streak, isn't it? I mean,
0: uh, so there was the season that I took a break. I completely went off FPL and didn't play the game for one whole season. And that was after having three spectacular seasons. But I was starting up a business at that time. And I was like, if I'm not doing this full-fledged, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, By the way, Sanjay has sent us a super chat. Sanjay, we've clocked that. I've pasted that in my notes. We'll we'll answer that at the end of the pod with the Q&A. Right now, we're just chatting FPL. We'll do the question and answers at the end of the pod.
2: Right, should we get started? And, and while, but before we start, um, more more on, on FPL and this season. If there's anyone out there who wants to, uh, you know, read about this season, there's a brilliant article written by um, Pranil riser uh, on FF Scout. You should definitely check it out. It's it's one of the best reads of the season. I really, really liked it. Well done, uh, Pranil.
1: And it's free to read, right? Yeah. It's not members restricted. No, no, it's not members restricted. It's free it's to read, guys. Restricted. Definitely give it yeah. a
0: look. I'm I'm blushing here because I feel like Big Man, Big Man has been practicing his charm on some other ladies and he's, he's pretty much in the zone. He's in form at the moment. So You're still the prettiest going. one of them all. <laughs> I don't think my wife will agree, but let's, let's go. <laughs>
1: cool. Let's, let's start with our sponsors. Uh, Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world, accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits. Everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences. I forgot to put the slide up. They also (laughs) do celebrity experiences which include masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity or something as simple as birthday shout outs. You can find links to the products in the description below. The FPL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout Network and all stats used in this podcast are taken from
0: the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already. So thanks to OneFootball for sponsoring today's stream of the FPL Wire as well. If you guys don't already know, it's an app that's available both on Android as well as iOS and it's completely free to download. Click on the links in the description below you can follow news about all your favorite teams as well as general news when it comes to the top five leagues i'm hoping and guessing they have some information about the euros as well it also has a lot of stats about every game including those relevant to us as fantasy managers such as shots in the box shots on target and loads of others it even has short video clips where you can check out some of the best goals and player and manager interviews download now if you haven't already and uh, the uh, if you guys don't already know we've created Uh, an FPL wire league. I think most of the people in the chat should have joined that league. Uh, So just going to announce uh, this week's winner. This week's winner is Divya Ramadhin, uh, who's also ranked at 3,500 overall. So congratulations Divya. That's been a great season for you. And you win a shout out from Shreyas Ayer. Please get in touch with us on the FPL Wire at gmail.com to collect your prize. Now the winner in game week 38 Wins a shout-out from the Aussie batsman all rounder Brad Hodge. He's notched up thirty-three thousand domestic runs, and he was a big part of the Australian team as well. So, yeah, if you're if you're the best manager in Game Week 38, you win a shout-out from Brad Hodge. All right, taking you guys to the agenda for today. Sorry. Uh I, I don't even know if we have an agenda today. We're just gonna freestyle this pod. Uh, we're just in a happy, slightly emotional space because it's the last part of the season. We're gonna be talking about uh, early team use and team leaks and what you need to be careful about. We're going to be looking at the season, just a tiny bit, looking at what our seasons were like, what we did right, what we did wrong. And then we're going to end the, end the end the pod with the hot fixtures and the captains. We're going to be looking at all the games and there's a lot of people who are chasing in mini leagues. So, you know, what puns we like, how we think the games are going to go, stuff like that. After that, we're going to be talking about our own teams and the Q&A. So, let's talk about Early team news and uh, team leaks first. Off.
1: Right. So, So, the reason why I wanted to discuss this, I was actually caught off guard. Last week, I had I was starting Greenwood, and I was planning to save my transfer. So, there was this team leak from the guy who claimed to be a columnist for mm-hmm. one of the Manchester United like newsletters or something, stating that Greenwood was on the bench. So, what I did, I had now if I had if I already made a transfer, I probably wouldn't have taken a hit on the basis of that but I had a free transfer remaining with Jota sitting on my bench so I swapped out Jota for Rafinha and I put Greenwood on the bench so I was very lucky that the move didn't backfire actually gained one point but watching Greenwood in that fixture was painful extremely painful It, it it feels weird in your stomach like you've been like you know tricked duped made a fool of so it it's a very bad feeling and I don't want anyone of our listeners to go through that a lot of guys who listen to our pod? Their first time FPLers. So, and we are going to have twenty team lineups potentially on this Sunday. So, I wanted to talk about that: how to filter out the weed from the chaff, so to speak. What we should look for. Which journalists are more credible? What we should ignore and stuff like that. So, like. I you know, mean, Bakar, you as a victim of JJ gate in the past. Why don't you start
2: off? Yeah. I mean, this is uh, something, you know, I'm fully expecting chaos one or two hours um, even before the deadline. Uh, So it's very important that um, the referee managers, they stay uh, vigilant and and uh, skeptical. They know what uh, information is coming in. It's very important to sort of filter out what is uh, reliable from the information, which is likely to be basically based on uh, nothing concrete, because these are very crucial decisions which will, you know... they could be major deciding decisive factors in, in, in the big swings of the mini leagues. So people need to be vigilant and watch out for, you know, credible information. Well, so what do you mean by
0: credible information? I think let's let's give a certain guideline. I think right. if you're looking at journals or people from the Athletic or who have a verified Twitter account, I think those guys are less likely to spread fake news. So probably listen to that because exactly. I got lucky on my free hit in thirty six. Six, was yes, it yeah 36. where i managed to get information about uh, you know mara's ford in stones not starting and that was actually sam lee who's the athletic correspondent for man city and he was able to provide that news so you know if you're looking if if somebody is just telling you that this guy is starting and this guy isn't don't take their word for it ask for the source ask for a screenshot uh, and then make your changes so there's that uh, so definitely look at journalists and credible people first uh any any other advice that you guys have? Um, so first of all, like, you know, a lot of people, it's very different last year. I
1: remember the game week 38 last year, I played my free hit and we got team news from everywhere, right? We got news that Salah, Mane, Bench, I remember making nine transfers with, to go with five minutes before deadline, but that was primarily due to FPL Rockstar. Now, the way FPL Rockstar operates is the Premier League issues the team sheets 15 minutes early to its media partners via a portal. And that's what Rockstar has access to. So now they have changed the deadline to 90 minutes we will not will be able to get any sort of confirmed news from rockstar so that's out the window so our only real source is going to be i think journalists who we can really look to and first i think the first thing you should look for is a pretty simple one the journalist should preferably have a blue tick ultimately don't trust these guys who like you know a lot of times people make fake accounts and also certain people who get a laugh out of posting fake news posting fake lineups fake team sheets so watch out for certain accounts which do that. So, we personally will not be, like, looking to retweet something until we are very sure it's, like, you know, concrete. Because you never know it. You can't be sure about these things. And I don't want to be responsible for anyone.
0: This could potentially decide mini-leagues.
2: Yeah, them. it could backfire big time. It's, yeah. it's something which, you know, needs to be uh, taken very seriously. Right. And
1: what is going to happen, that I think the United news is going to be very important this week because we're expecting a lot of rotation at United. A lot of people are looking for City for the last game week punt. So just be careful among the sources which you follow, look for the credible guys. And you could say, you could, it's not very easy to say blanket, don't trust team news, right? I'll give you a scenario on what happened to me now, game week 37. Now the Greenwood thing, if I saw that information, let's say Greenwood was benched, I'd be feeling just as worse. It's a bit of a damned if you don't, damned if you do, right? Because once you have that information and you feel, and let's say Greenwood get benched, you don't act on it, you feel you haven't taken advantage of that leg
0: up which you might have. So you have to balance I'm both sure. things. Yep and also just just one bit of advice you know because probably you're going to have this news in the last 30 minutes before the deadline now what I've noticed that people do when there is information and there's a scramble is that they don't have a set plan in their own head with regards to what they want to do with their own team. So, you know, play out certain scenarios in your own head, have a plan in terms of which direction do you want to go. And in the last 15, 20 minutes, don't, don't be panicking and going on Twitter and asking, what should I do? Should I do this with my team? Should I do that with my team? Uh, just trust your instincts, look at those fixtures and make that move. So I wouldn't be asking anybody in, in yeah. the in Gimic 38. You have all the uh, data and information with regards to the Premier League stored in your subconscious. So, don't be asking in Gimic 38. Yeah, just, exactly. I mean,
2: the, for me, the, the the planning needs to go in today and tomorrow. People need to be, they need to have, you know, contingency plans for their team. For example, um, players like, for example, I own Mahrez. I think he's he's a big risk to get benched. Uh, similarly, for someone with, uh, with Bruno Greenwood Shaw. Uh, I mean, these are the kind of players you need to, you know, pre-plan that... Um, Exit plans for these these kind of players need to be um, laid out before in, in your team if you require them because uh, these these aren't the kind of players who are absolutely nailed to start this week so people need to plan in advance. Correct, have plans. Yeah. I think having the plan is the only thing you can do. Exactly, you don't don't want to be in a situation where you know you panic last minute because you sort of suddenly don't know what to do with your team.
1: Correct. Pranil, I notices this mug you're drinking of. Very cool black mug. Would you like to show us?
0: I just want to give a little plug to a friend of ours. Also, this is the only thing I can flex this season. You see those finishes, <laughs> top 200, top 100. It's the only thing I can flex this season because I'm sitting right now at 688,000. I've had a miserable season, uh, but uh, this is actually pretty cool. If you, you know, if you've had a good season, if you finish in the top 10,000 or the top 1%, or uh, you know, even one year mini league. so you should uh, actually check out F- at the rate FPL merch. You should check out his Twitter account. He's got lots of mugs and uh, you know trophies etc that you can you know award to probably somebody winning uh your mini league or gift to a friend who's had a really good season so i think uh just something you were checking out I've, I've supported him ever since uh, uh he ran, ran his first campaign and he was kind enough to send this mug to me uh, and it's pretty good i drink coffee from him coffee from it every morning it's a little vain but uh why not celebrate what are you drinking coffee now no definitely not drinking coffee right? no. yeah, yeah. i guess not yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah anything else to talk about in this section guy i don't think there are any questions really from the chat towards it also. i mean the only
0: thing is i mean if, if you're active on twitter there are certain accounts that you follow for team news who've been fairly reliable in the past but i don't want to take the responsibility of naming those accounts and it's 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 our listeners uh judgment call in terms of what they want to follow and what they don't want to but nothing is as reliable as journalists so just manage that
1: Correct, journalists nice. some credibility, right,
0: Bakar? <laughs> what is if they call Jamie Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: had to get that in. Right. Nice one, nice one. Right, so
1: let's just start with the season analysis. Now, this is, these are images we have taken from fploptimized.com, a very cool website. Where you can do a shout a- out to
0: Sartap. He's uh, pretty active in the Twitter community as well. And he's uh, actually a lot of useful tools on their website. So I just thought we'd scrape some data from the analysis that he gives us.
1: Right. So we, our team of the season is Abaka. So this is not his not his favorite players. These are the teams, players who have contributed the most points to his team. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Mine or LR's? LR. LR's up first. Okay.
0: Okay. I mean the first thing that uh, comes to my mind is the that I've managed to get only one ninety points from Salah this season. I've capped him only six times. And I managed to get one seventy-six points from Fernandez, and I've capped him only three points three times now i managed to get 74 points from raheem sterling and i managed to get 77 points from uh, kevin de bruyne and that was very early season where i punted and went on a triple city attack in my game week through wildcard and i persisted with them for a very very long time i think that's been one of my downfalls this season because i i keep talking about upside chasing and upside chasing is uh, primarily about being brutal with these big hitters who are not performing and switching them around, right? So, I don't know why I was being stubborn. I was absolutely overconfident. I was stupid. It was a wrong decision to persist with these guys for a long time. Yeah, in hindsight, you know, I'm probably talking in hindsight and you can say that City are the team who scored the most amount of goals in the league. But, you know, you, you noticed in A couple of games or in three games that it's not really clicking for them and I still managed to persist with them for a long long time which is something I shouldn't have done and and one thing you know I mean we have Jungman Son who scored around 230 uh, FPL points this season I managed to get 50 points from Son this season so I wasn't able to jump onto that bandwagon uh, this season early. so which is uh, one of the reasons why I've had an absolute shambles of a season Uh, in defense as well uh, i managed to get stones and cancel you see i have no ruben diaz as well so i always went for the flare pick and it did not work out this season so that's something i didn't jump on that uh, didn't work could you read out everything
1: for our audio guys just read out the whole team first
0: yeah so that these are the guys who've given me the most points this season i have martinez as keeper who's given me 160 points he's been consistent in my team for most part of the season that is something i'm very happy that i got right very, very early. I remember Bakar talking me into it uh, on the Game Week 3 wildcard as well. So, thank you for that, Bucker. I think you managed to get his penalty save. Yes, I owned him
2: from his very first game.
0: Yes, yes. So, that's something that worked out in my favour. In defence, I managed to get 61 points from Stones, 60 from Target, 54 from Cancelo. So, yeah, I managed to get some points from Stones and Cancelo and I managed to get a good chunk from Target. Target was actually one of my uh, picks of the season in terms of something that's worked for me. But, you know, none of the more important guys like Ruben Dias, Dallas are in there. So I've been stubborn trying to find the differential and the, the, the obvious picks were there for the taking and I did not take them. In midfield, again, I mentioned that I have gotten only 190 and 176 points from Salah and Fernandes respectively. When you are going to look at your slides, you'll realize that you've got a lot more points from the more template picks, you know. So uh, you need to be careful in terms of how long you're being stubborn with these big hitting picks because you're losing out on some massive points elsewhere as well. Up front, uh, I have 194 points from Kane uh, and I captained eight times. I see that as a success. At least one of those picks that I trusted and something that I did right. I managed to get 91 points from Bamford and I managed to get 114 points from DCL. DCL early season was one of one of the few th- calls that I actually got right this season. So that was something I was happy with. So I think the big problem that I have is uh, with my midfield picks where I missed out on those good, regularly performing template big hitters. And I also missed out on all the streaks that were there for the taking i missed out on dallas i missed out on Gundogan's hot streak i missed out on lingard's hot streak i missed out on suchek's hot streak at the start of the season uh so i wasn't uh, you know you wrote that beautiful article this season Zoff, about form and you know there's a certain swag and an aura and i kept i kept thinking that no he's not going to continue he's not going to continue and this season has primarily been about form so uh you know if two weeks also you've lost our on those points, I don't want to be too stubborn and I just want to dive in next season. You know, if it looks like it's sustainable, if it looks like the tactics of the team suit that. I mean, when it comes to Gundigan, the the underlying numbers were there for it. The tactics that City employed once De Bruyne got injured was indicating that, you know, Gundigan is going to score these points and I did not go there. So that's something I want to change. I don't want to be, try being too oversmart with these picks. So, yeah, that's something uh, that comes to my mind. Uh, Trying too hard, too early. I mean, not going with more Salah game week one was probably the stupidest uh, decision I made early season. And I spoke about it in the article as well because I was overconfident after the finish that I had last season. And, uh, you know, my mindset, uh, making all these narratives, you know, where I was able to afford one extra big hitter uh, if I let go of Salah and I put too much money in uh, Chelsea game week one and I went in with Kai and uh, Timo. So, I think you need to balance it out and I'm going to follow uh, FPL Salah's advice and probably go with slightly safer picks. I'll have a punt or two in there, but the team doesn't need to be full of punts early season. Uh, Should we go to your success ratio? Sorry? Yes, we can go to the success ratio now, I think. That's that's what I can remember from this season. Uh, This just indicates, uh, you know, the amount of success I've had with clean sheets, 43%, which I think is pretty decent. It's in concurrence with your clean sheet numbers as well. Uh, My goal percentage is 30%, which is, I think, around four or five percent lesser to yours. So I'm also not too uh, unhappy about that. The problem is the assist, where there's an 8% difference between my numbers and your numbers off. So I need to, and that's one of my weaknesses as an FPL player, because I pay too much attention to just goals. I don't pay attention to returns, which is goals plus assist. So I need to look at that more closely. My captaincy uh, success rate has been 55%. Can be a lot better. I need to be a little less punty and go more with midfielders as well next season, I reckon.
1: Did you make a lot of transfers in defence? Because I noticed we have a similar success ratio for clean sheets, but your clean to maximum defender who got, was, I think, around 60, which is not very yeah, high. Yeah. So that means you didn't it really didn't... stick around in your defence. You moved them around a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably, probably,
0: probably. And That's... I mean, I want to talk about Forwards, but I, if uh, and you know not probably captaining them and captaining midfielders more, but that all changes if uh, Harry Kane is going to Man City, which right. looks. Did you watch that inter-
1: that that thing with the, on the golf course, which him and Gary Neville talked? That FPL overlap. Did you watch it? No, Pencil, I, 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 saw, I saw. I
0: saw. I saw his comments. Yes, so yes, the, yes, That
1: the, one. What really struck me, and Kane said, like you know, I think I can go up to another level. I don't see why I cannot hit the levels of Ronaldo, Messi, and go to like 60-70 goals a year. I don't want to finish my career and realize that I don't have that in my locker. And can you imagine if he goes to Man City, I think he's going to break Salah's 32-goal record. Yep, yep, yep. yep.
0: He
1: could. I don't see how he won't, right? Because I think he keeps starting almost regularly under Pep. So, I don't see how he would like… It's basically Aguero who can start in all the matches. It's crazy. Yep, yep. It's crazy. It's crazy.
2: He's going to kill it for sure.
0: If he goes there, I mean, it's all speculation at the end
2: of the day. Pakar, why don't you talk us through your season in the analysis? Um, so, the first thing that strikes Could me. Can you read here... out the team first, fully for the audio? Sure. Sorry, uh, to go I on. have Ma- Martinez in my team of the season, Cancelo, Shaw, Stones, um, Sala, Fernandez, De Bruyne, Sun, Gundogan, Caval and Watkins. So, that's my 11. The first thing that strikes me is the lack of pain, which is. Borderline shocking, but uh, to uh, borderline shocking to anyone who's who's uh, following me right now. But but over the course of the season, most of those people who have followed me are aware of the fact that I haven't really owned Kane. That's primarily not because of the fact that I didn't rate him, but it's primarily due to the fact that I've I invested more money in midfield and defense this season. You can see Robertson in my team, De Bruyne, Fernandez, Salah, Son. So I mean, I've invested in those kind of guys, and I was I hope for long periods of time that they would help me uh cover game because i more more i have a tendency of captaining midfielders personally That's such as my play style that i don't generally like captaining forwards so in most weeks i uh, i go for the likes of sala Sun um or Fernandez or even de bruyne in some cases this season uh in fact the first time i owned game this season was in game week 29 which is uh, which is absolutely shocking and that that too on my free hit so other than that i mean watkins did a good job Salah, San Fernandez, they were all good. Martinez, I owned for from his very first game in which I got that 15-pointer of his, which was easily my best moment of the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I will keep this in, in in mind next season, you know, not to uh, get too worked out worked out about structure because that's something which I I have focused on this season and um, I I regret it to a certain degree. So I but just... you did
0: not you did not jump on Diaz. I, I don't see him in your team. I, I did
2: have Diaz, um, but I think post gimmick 23, 24 though, which stones. is which okay. was a bit late. I had Stones for uh, stones for majority Lumber. of the season for I that. Remember. Yeah, and Cancelo. I have, I have like 78 points from Cancelo, and genuinely, I think I have been robbed of at least 30 to 40 points <laughs> by his underperformance. I have no regrets in picking him, uh, because the decision making, uh, in my opinion, was right. It's just the fact that it didn't turn out the way uh, it should have, and the same goes for Shaw. I mean, Shaw has he's had the numbers, but he hasn't really hauled the way he should have, given how impressive his numbers have been. Um, it's just been unfortunate. Mm. So- you know,
0: Bakar, what I what I noticed here is you've you managed to get five hundred plus points from Salah and Bruno. I managed to get three fifty points. Approximately from these two guys, and then yeah. I don't have any other midfielders who scored above 100 points. Mm. And you have De Bruyne, Son, and Gundo with 100 plus points as well. You were you were early on Gundo this season.
2: Yes, I, I got him West, West in Brom.
0: Very, you got from West yes, yes, I
2: got him in from West Brom, and I had him till game week 33, maybe game week 34. I had him for for a while, and and he's 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 uh, served me well. So what I, I noticed, you've ca- you've captained these five guys in midfield 30 times. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I I, I generally tend to captain midfielders, and I don't think I will be changing that too much next season. But I I'll probably make sure that if someone's banging them in like like Kane, then yeah, if Kane goes to I'm, City, then I I think, I think yes, if Kane exactly goes to City, team. that might change. Yes, that that will have to change definitely. Yeah, yeah, that 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 can't really continue. Cool. So let's move to your success ratio. Yeah, so, so clean sheets have been low. Uh, I've had 38.55% success ratio in terms of my clean sheet. But, but I put it down to the fact that I like I like picking explosive defenders. So I don't really mind that too much. For example, I've had uh, Deney for long parts. My faith in Robertson and Trent has really backfired this season. Uh, so which is why this has been low. I, I you know, uh, I, I like uh, p- picking defenders with sister record potential. Um so I mean for for example, that is why one of the reasons I, I didn't own Daj initially was because I fancy someone like Cancelo. Um other than that, I mean uh gold's uh, percentage is thirty-two point seven two, which is average, I guess. Assist is twenty point five nine, uh bonus is twenty-four point eight three, and captaincy is fifty seven point seven eight. Uh captaincy is again uh, somewhere in between U and Late Riser, which is Average, I guess. So what is your process normally about picking a captain? Maybe something we can talk about. I, I look at the stats and I look at the odds. And then I, if, uh, if I assume that everything else is equal and you know, if there's, it's a 50-50, then I uh, go and, and captain the midfielder. I That's
0: call like, bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know your process, Bakar.
0: You're so involved in writing your review and you're so exhausted after writing that review. So it's that panic last... One-hour decision where you're finally paying attention to your own team <laughs> and talking to us and think figuring what to do. I mean, my advice to you would AKA be to calls off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that that's been that's been true, but but uh, but even even Zofford would agree to quite a large extent that that I I usually don't I'm usually not that uncertain about my captaincy picks most of the weeks. It's I'm not. It's I'm a more transfers. About that. It's more about yeah. The it's transfers. it's usually the, yeah exactly. It's usually the transfers that I. I uh tend to ignore with no, no but, you know, you know what what advice
0: about. what advice I'd give you then is when you're actually focused in and writing your reviews right uh, what I'd reckon is on your laptop screen have your team open and while you're you know looking at those numbers so closely and you're so in the zone, just note down your transfer on a piece of paper because you're actually then relying on your instinct at that time without having any cloudiness in your brain at that time I reckon that might work for you. When you're in the zone Put your team on on as well, and don't okay, do only call by no stats, callings right? off next season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, so no, no, go- no, nobody. What he say?
1: It. What he say? He said no, no callings off next season. Rubbish, <laughs> rubbish. Game week one, we call it ten minutes before deadline. Bro, 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 bro. Game week one
2: or Euros? <laughs> game week one. Nah.
1: <laughs> Euros, I'm not taking your call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, let's just quickly jump into my team. So yeah, Martinez, I think, has been a common theme for all of us. I got him in at game week 9. But yeah, the City lads were the heroes for me. I got jumped on them very early. Diaz and Cancelo both. So they, they account... So, sorry, I forgot to run through my team. So Martinez, Diaz, Cancelo, Trent. In midfield, Salah, Fernandez, Sun, De Bruyne, Gundogan. Then up front, Kane and Calvert-Lewin. The bench, McCarthy, Bamford, Sufal Shaw. So, one thing I noticed all of the right of the bat, except Calvert, Lohan, all these guys are from the so-called top six teams and Martinez, of course. So, I think generally, I have shown a lot of faith in these guys from these big teams rather than the teams around them. Any
0: comments, guys? I mean, your defensive double up, early early season on Man City for me is probably one of your best calls of the season. Yes, that, that and was
2: and the game changer. That was the game changer was- at a point when when none of us had any City defense. Nor were you even considering them. I think that's that was where uh, Zoff's season really changed.
0: Yeah, and he, he caught that
2: very, off. very early. I remember that he, he was one of the first pods, I think,
0: and one of the first guys to catch that, okay, these guys are actually playing in a defensive manner this season. Yes, and exactly. And just doubled up on the defence immediately. And I think that's kept his team going. You know, when you have a couple of defenders in your team going, giving you clean sheets for, on clean sheets week on week, your your floor for your team is already so high because you you have reliable assets doing that for you. Uh, so, I think that's been one of your best calls of the season. So of, uh, Definitely.
1: Definitely. Just because that, it's stick and forget, best. it takes care of like, you know, two slots. And even if your rest of the week has, the rest of your team doesn't perform, you have that backbone. So, uh, yep. something I'm going to take into next season as well. Like And this is a strategy you always adopt. I tend to have three big hitters in my defense. So But that does mean you miss out, on, like I missed out on Dallas all of the season. Like, you know, because ultimately I like having the defenders from the top six teams.
0: Got
1: it. Well, how do you think City plays next season? It remains to be seen. I think Kane is a big unknown. Crowds are a big unknown. I think this was pandemic ball. Pep changed his play style. I think he will be back to a bit more expansive style next year with crowds back and a, more of a regular schedule.
0: As, I think especially if he manages to clinch that UCL title because, uh, you know, it's stuck in my head that just all all of the season has been a rehearsal for him to win that Champions League oh, game, I, would, I would love to ruin that. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just generally talking about how Pep's mindset would have know. worked. Yeah, it, it was all practice for getting that, uh, Champions, getting to that Champions League final and getting that win. So, probably if he managed to win that UCL title, I reckon he will, you know, put down the handbrake and go for it again. Because we've had a team that's, I think that's also worked in your favour. Because I remember pod one, we were talking about that. And one of your uh, problems in the past couple of seasons is dealing with Pep Guardiola and the rotation there. correct. Because you, you like to have those steady, good, solid picks, you know, who have a great flaw. And there was no City attacker there for the taking this season, except for that hot streak from Gundogan. And De Bruyne, really early had, on. Very early on. Even De Bruyne uh, failed to impress for a long, long time, where he managed to miss chance after chance inside the team, if you remember. Correct. But he still got was... I remember
1: two or three home games, I got good returns. Like you even see over here from De Bruyne, I've got
2: 110 points from captaining six times. Zof, did you own sterling at any point this season because no, I, I did not me and, I, I didn't buy him at any point this season exactly me and me and uh, lr were high on him for at different points uh this season and I mean initially he did okay but but overall he was a bit of a failure so um, that didn't work out that was another exception move by you ignoring uh, sterling at a point where their, their fixtures were great and it was really looking as if you know uh, a city attacker was more or less needed. And that's why, like,
1: no, the thing is, that's what you, like, LR absolutely nailed it on the head. The large large reason for last three seasons where I've not been, I've not invested heavily in the City assets because I don't trust them to play every game. And then Sterling goes, banks 20 points, 24 points, stuff like that. So this year, the only nailed guys in the City team were in defense. And I was able to identify that and jump on the defense then. I think I've, I've shown a lot of faith in Salah also this season. I think 294 points just cycling back to you guys. Bakar 266 from Salah. LR is 190. So, yeah, Salah has really been my go-to. 246 from Bruno. I see you are too similar. So, Bakar, I think our styles are a little bit more similar in terms yeah. of like the players repicking. Uh, I see you start. jumped
2: early in Gundogan as well. So, you have a decent same
1: number, time uh, sizable. As you, same time yeah. as you West Brom.
0: Exactly. None of us had Canaan's on very early season, no. right? When they went absolutely crazy. Because of that Europa League thing, right? Remember
1: that like, yeah. they had a lot yes. of fixtures and a pile-up. I think we all avoided them early on.
0: It was insane because I was actually just looking at that... Those stats. I, I'm
2: surprised to see, uh, not to see uh, Grealish or Watkins uh, in your team. I was expecting them to be in there because you've owned them for large parts. No, no Watkins. Sorry, Grealish particularly. Yeah, Grealish yeah you I didn't did own Watkins, work. right?
1: No, I, I owned Watkins only for three weeks. That week when he missed that penalty, I rate sold.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, I've had Watkins from uh, right after the Liverpool game and I don't think I've, I've sold him ever since.
1: So I've been nice. lucky in terms of goalkeeper spots. So if you add that up 140 to 133, that's with McCarthy, that's one seventy-seven points. That's more than I've got from the goalkeeper spot in any season so far.
0: I was reading your tweet also where you mentioned that only four keepers have played all games this season. That that's such an insane stat. That's something that we've not had any season. Uh it was you that tweeted it, right? If I remember correctly. Right. Yep. Oh. Yep. Uh
1: So, yeah, that's it, I think. Success ratio also, just a bit more on clean sheets. I don't want to dawdle now. We should move on to the next section. Captain slightly more, 60%, bonus, assist goals. (laughs) Pretty similar, just slightly higher than you guys in those aspects. Except your captaincy was pretty good, I reckon. 60% is very good.
0: Yeah.
1: 27 out of 45. But, yeah, that's, again, placing faith in the big hitters, right? Yep, yep,
0: yep. Cool. All right. Let's move on to game week thirty-eight now. Game week thirty-eight. Yep. I think you want to show the next slide first. Yes. Zog. Goals. 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 So generally, what's happened in the league is in game week thirty-eight. Uh, you know, in the, there are games where we see five, six, seven goals even. Sometimes then the key is to trying to identify those games where we might see a lot of goals. And generally those goals are there in those games where there's not much at stake. Because people are playing what I like to call loosey goosey football. And we've seen that as a trend in the past five seasons as well, where we've seen that the season average for goals has been somewhere between 2.7 to 2.8. But the game week 38 average for most cases has been around the 3.3, 3.5 mark as well. So, you know... If you're spending transfers this week, I think you want to spend transfers in attack. Obviously, if you don't have nailed on defenders and you want to change that up, fair enough. But we've generally seen that the trend is that there are going to be fewer clean sheets and more goals. And potentially, there's some braces and hat-tricks in there as well. Because generally, that's been the trade, trend for the past few years. And uh, uh, what we're going to do now is probably look at it game by game and see what we're expecting. Uh from that game so it's going to be like a fixture wise analysis
2: Correct.
0: uh so let's let's talk about arsenal versus brighton first parker how do you how do you see that
2: game going it's a, it's a tough one to call i i think this um i think brighton will give arsenal a good game i i can probably see it being a, a score draw
0: but do you do feel like it's going to it should be a game where fpl managers should go for punts i mean i reckon it's going to be tight i don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring cuz brighton are pretty good with, when yeah, but Brighton have a
2: good defence. I mean, I don't think F.M. just should should, should uh, target this fixture. Um, ideally, no. I, I I won't suggest it.
0: No, because a lot of people online, you know, there are there's some stats flying around where Aubah tends to do really well in Game Week 38. And, you know, he scored bases and goals on many occasions in Game Week 38. But I just don't see it. I thought he was toothless in that previous game. Uh, uh, who did they play? Ask them. Ah, Arsenal, they won, right? They just beat Palace. They They beat Palace. Panta Club. The funny part is they might actually finish the season above Spurs. Were you expecting that at any point? That's their trophy. It's it's absolutely nuts that they're going to finish above Palace. Uh, But, I mean, the season has turned, you know, and they've done it quietly. uh, When O'Regard has, uh, you know, come into play and ESR has been starting for that team as well. But even in that game previously, they, they had three shots on target and they managed to score goals. With those shots as well. If at all somebody had to punt when it comes to Arsenal, the one I fancy is Pepe, but I wouldn't go here as a priority game. I think Brighton as a defense have good underlying numbers
2: and I just I just don't fancy it. I, I'm not worse to the idea of Obamiang of personally, because uh, you know, his his uh, odds this game week are actually pretty good. Um, but I don't know. There's something about Arsenal which which I, I just can't rely on Arsenal this season. And there's someone in the chat who's also written that uh, you know, yeah. with fans allowed, <laughs> Arsenal should, that's actually bad for Arsenal. <laughs> fans allowed. So that's yeah. actually a very good point. Right. So I mean, I, I I just can't bring myself to go there personally. Right. So what I'm going to ask you guys in every fixture which we
1: go through, I want you to tell me are any players worth a hit for Arsenal Brighton? Do you think so? No. no. Me neither. No. It's unpredictable. I think it's like Any one any one.
0: any player worth a free transfer also. I mean, just any punts that just you say, like I, I you guess can we can we can we can talk about both.
2: I mean yeah. it, it's 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 a bit tricky because if you're chasing in your mini league and let's assume, you know, that that your rival is what thirty points ahead of you and you have nothing to play for and you have to go gung ho. Then I mean I'm not exactly against the idea of captaining Obamayang, but it's something I won't I do. I mean he's done nothing this season. He's done he's not even sh- showcased, nothing. you know, uh, I, I test
0: for five minutes. Like, he's done nothing. He's been very I poor, think. yeah. And I'm he's
2: expecting Martinelli
0: poor. to play this
1: game.
2: So, yeah. So no, I don't, not I don't, for me. I
1: think this is fixture as a general... What about Holding? Do you play Holding if you have him? He's quite popular. I'm pretty yeah.
2: sure that Brighton will score.
0: Yeah. I see Brighton scoring too. I think their
2: spirits the, will be up. There's no Mopai or Welbeck Keep
1: in mind that there are two of the strikers are out: Maupai and Welbeck.
0: Mopai not being there is a good thing for Brighton. So let's let's get that out of the <laughs> way first. But uh yeah. I wouldn't play holding. I reckon there are better shots for green sheets. Fair enough. Villa Chelsea. I
2: think this is low scoring.
1: Your boy's off. Interesting. So this is a must win game for us, right? And the thing is now, Villa it was interesting because I remember last year as well as in the championship, they actually had a worse defensive record at home. Then they did away, which is natural. In front of the fans, they expect to attack. They come out a little bit more. And this is their first game with fans back. So, traditionally, Villa and against these big teams, they've been a bit more conservative playing on the counter, I think. So, it's, it's an intriguing battle. I don't know how they'll approach this. Will they come at us or will they prefer to stay back and play, like, you know, on the counter? With Grealish back, I think they might be a bit more on the front foot. So... In terms of Villa players, I wouldn't necessarily bring in any Villa players. You could still play Watkins. I think Watkins could nick a goal in this fixture. Probably in terms of Martinez, you play regardless. In terms of Chelsea, I think there's only Mount you can go for in the attack. And you can play your Chelsea defenders. I think we are going to play our first choice backline with Rudiger, Silva and Aspi. Mendy, of course. Who, who do you think plays in the first threes Off, Come
0: on, because I think some people might want to go.
1: It depends yeah. on if Havertz is fit. Havertz is rated as a doubt right now. So, if he is fit, I think he might get a chance. But I think Timo will start. Mount will start. I think it's really the third spot that's up for grabs. I was what at- about left wing
2: back? Who's going to play left wing back, Off, chill in your well, opinion? Chill well, without a doubt. I think he's a very very good differential. I think he he has the differential with the most upside in this fixture.
1: Like we talked about the last part as well. I think Chilwell's yeah. a decent shout, but I I'm a bit worried that Villa will score.
0: Anybody in attack you don't even fancy anybody? Mount. It's what? just Mount. Not Werner yet. Not this season, maybe next year. Uh- well, I want to ask you, what do you make of him as a Chelsea fan from team Werner another season? Genuinely want to ask. you I this think question. what's interesting is he's actually got a decent
1: number of goal contributions in terms of goals and assists. But he's going to be remembered for his misses more so. But I think what he does, like, you know, are very good things. He gets himself in the right areas. He's a constant nuisance and he's very integral to the way we play. Teams can't press up as much with Werner making runs in behind. And like, you know, you remember Suarez. Suarez the yep. year before he just went off before he got the spider-man boost from biting Ivanovich before the season before that <laughs> he'd he be shooting a lot but not scoring yeah. as much so like you know so I'm hoping that obviously I don't expect him to like hit the levels of Suarez but if he can hit even 60 70 percent of that next year I think he could be lethal
0: yeah because uh, the sheer pace that he has he's able to you know I I he think just, he just needs to I think look at the line of defence that is in front of him and not be offside. Because he's got enough pace to take on any defender when it comes to the runs he needs to make. So, I think once he sorts that out and he sorts his finishing out, I think there's there's a potential bargain for that. I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say there's a potential bargain. In terms of going for a punt when it comes to Villa Chelsea, I'm not really interested. I, I, I think uh, it's going to be a fairly tight game. Even if Chelsea go 1-0 up or 2-0 up, I, I don't think they're going to play, play expansive football because you guys have so much on the line, right? So, the games that have more goals in know, opening traditionally have always been those games where you have nothing, nothing on the line. Play for, I'd agree.
1: Nothing, I'd completely yeah.
0: agree with that. I wouldn't be in a rush to
1: transfer any players from this fixture. The next one... is The a only bit... one I, I, I might
2: consider is Chilwell.
1: Again, yeah. then again, I expect Villa to score, maybe. So, it's, it's not one I, not I would... I'm not
2: sure, man. Like, your, your defensive stats are still... Exemplary, so like it's 50 50, even with Grealish. I'm not sure. I mean, Chelsea are uh second favorites for clean sheet odds this week. Zoff, uh, you guys are only behind Liverpool. Maybe I'm being too cautious in my optimism. I, I think you're being a bit biased. I mean, the only reason Zoff is saying
0: that is because Grealish is back. I think so. Villa are a different team. Uh, when Grealish the thing is, is coming, but... are
1: these big teams have actually done better than they have against teams like you know around them, they've actually done well against the big sides. That's what. Worries me. It bit. suits
0: their style of play. It suits their style of play, especially with Grealish in the team. It suits their style of play because the transition is so quick with him in the team. So it's probably one of the reasons why I mentioned. But I, I, I'm with uh, Bakker. Right? I wouldn't mm. be surprised if Chelsea keep a clean sheet if you own a Rudiger or a Chilwell or a Chelsea definitely, definitely play him. Definitely play him. Yep. Let's talk about the next yeah, one. But, Fulham, Newcastle. But, but I, I just want to say that a lot of people are looking at those Chelsea attackers for punts. I'm not hot on them because I think there are more goals in other games like the one that Zoff is going to talk about
1: right now Fulham Newcastle this is Fulham's first game in front of fans now Newcastle I was just reading the press conferences I think ASM should be fit for this one I think Willock is a great option as well
0: Fulham were actually decent against Man United right they were decent and we were poor I think it was a mixture of both things we weren't exactly great in that game either
2: interesting yeah Willock is the only one i probably look at six games, games.
0: Did you, did, six games in a row did you see ASM beating the record for the most number of triples? he was on something in that game he, <laughs> there was no end product but he kept tripling past players kept trickling past players non-stop uh, I think Sukraj in our uh, whatsapp chat was mentioning that he's just going for that most dribbles <laughs> yeah. you know. I
1: mentioned I noticed <laughs> it at halftime that he has completed yeah. 11 dribbles by himself the Spurs team against Villa
2: had done 7 yeah
1: yeah. I have a decision
2: <laughs> to make between Ariola and Martinez this week, and I think I'll, I'll probably go with Ariola.
1: Hmm. Good question. That
0: where would you go, Elar? I think you have the same I, setup, right? I have the same setup as well. I haven't thought about it, but this is one of those games where I won't be surprised to see an odd three-all, two-three sort of a scoreline because both teams have really nothing to play for. They can just you know go out there and put on a show. Uh, they don't really need to defend. So if I had to call one of those games where there could be goals. I think this one is the one that strikes out to me. So, so It does. It I does. like this one as well. So, would you guys think Willak is worth a free transfer? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I was I was, yeah. I was against it last week, but I was wrong. I think it's worth a shot. And also, it's going to be in his mind, right? To equal Sharer's record in terms of having the most number of uh, uh, games uh, scoring. Consecutively, And he's not going to be able to do it next season. Arteta mentioned that he's probably coming back to Arsenal. So I didn't know about the Shira record. That's interesting. Yeah. So, seven is the highest number of consecutive goals in which somebody from Newcastle has scored. And Willick is aware of that record. He mentioned it in his Match of the Day interview as well. I saw that. So, that's something that's probably going to be on his mind as well.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, I think Willock is probably the player to target from this, which I don't see anybody from Fulham. I think now the next segment, next team is really we need to devote a large chunk of our time. I'm since definitely interested. Leeds, West Brom.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting one. I mean, if you don't own Bamford or Rafinha definitely players to go for. Uh, And uh, somebody in Super Chat just said, if Bucker manages (laughs) to land a date before the season ends, then I think having wood is absolutely essential. Uh, I think you need to quintuple Captain uh, Chris Wood then because manages to land a date happened way, way, way back in the day, bro. So, yeah, I just want to say that. Uh, Leeds versus West Rome. What do you think, Bucker?
2: I think this, is, this has the potential to be one of the highest-scoring uh, uh, matches of the game week. Um, I think Rafinha, Bamford uh, in particular, they can go big uh, in particular. Um, in particular, Bamford, a lot of people have been asking whether you know, they have a choice to, to pick uh, one of uh, Rafinha or Bamford this week. I think Bamford is the one to go for. Uh, I was going through the stats in West Brom over the past two matches. Did we lose them? I think no? so.
1: I think we did. But I think he's can
2: back you hear now. hear
0: me. Now we can. Yeah, now we can you. Yeah, go on. In the last yeah. few matches, you were saying stats. I, I
2: was saying that in the last few matches, um, West Brom have by, uh, conceded by far um, uh, the worst expected goals ever since relegation uh, has been confirmed. Uh, while Leeds are, during the same spell, they're uh, best uh, for XG from open play, among the top three for XG from open play. Um, so I can see goals in this one, you know. Um, West Brom, this ca- during this calendar year, they've conceded almost 40% of their chances down the middle. And they don't tend to concede too many chances uh, from the wings as compared to down the middle. So, I'm pretty sure that this is this is a fixture which, which Bamford will like. He's on penalties. Uh, West Brom have conceded the uh, second highest amount of penalties this calendar year. Um, Bamford, if your rival doesn't own him and you're chasing a mini-league deficit, is a great option.
0: Zoff? Frankie? Is Frankie making an appearance? No, sorry. I
1: was, I'm completely starving. I had to get something in my face.
0: All right, fair enough. What, what do you think about Dallas? Uh, Zoff is looking at a defender at the moment, Bucker, And he's, he's debating Dallas, Robertson, and maybe Cresswell. So do you reckon he should go for Dallas above the other, other two? Uh,
2: Dallas? Well, he is explosive, and I I like play uh, picking explosive uh, players at this stage of the season. I have a feeling West Brom will score though, so it's I, I, if I was in in position, I'd probably go with Robertson because the clean sheet is more secure. So yeah.
1: right, so let's talk about the defense first. Like Dallas, you glad you brought him up? It was interesting. Did you see Sam's post match interview? He was pissed off with Antonio. And just pissed off with how teams are labelling. Like, you know, him particularly, a manager who only gets teams out of relegation. A guy who only plays long ball football and all that stuff. So, I found it weird that they made that announcement. Game week 37, they could have probably made that announcement one week later. So, I think the... (laughs)
0: But then Sam wouldn't have gotten to ask for a job in that post-match interview. Either. <laughs> right. I mean that was just a shambles that entire thing. Right. So like you that said, a, and, embarrassing. Uh, a lot of West yeah.
1: Brom players would learn to put themselves in the shop window. So this might have goals in it, but the problem is Dallas is not really a defender. Dallas is essentially a midfield. and even when he was playing wing back in this three-three-one-three against uh, Southampton, he had two very good chances. Once he had yeah. a very good McCarthy save. So, I'm quite worried about not owning Dallas's EO. Is, I think, close to 70%. And, like, you know, you could, it's not impossible to see him banging, like, you know, 15-pointer, 12-pointer
0: or something in this fixture. Yep, with the narrative of the season. And I think they'll be pumped up for it, right? I mean, first time they're playing in front of the crowds. and uh, But the, the only the only thing I want to mention, I don't think it's going to have an influence on the game, is that Lorente is unfit for this game. And the Leeds' defensive record is turned around once Lorente has been... Uh, a part of that team. So that's something worth mentioning. And uh, people who are looking at Rodrigo as a punt, I'm not sure he's going to play this game because Bielsa spoke about uh, Hernandez leaving the club and he might get a swan song in front of the fans. You know, I, I probably see him starting this game as well. So I'm not entirely sure about Rodrigo as a punt this week. So the the, the only players I'd look at are probably Al- Alioski if you want to go cheap, Uh Dallas, Rafinha and Bamford in this game, but Leeds is where I'd look at first. Because again, like that Fulham Newcastle game, this is one of those games where I won't be surprised to see four, five, six goals. Correct. Goals I think there. out of all the
1: ten fixtures, this is the fixture I like the most in terms of targeting. It's a. I want Pereira
2: this week, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm very certain to be playing him.
0: Cheers. Uh, it's it's not a bad shot at all. Yeah,
1: because he's one of the guys I think who out of the entire West Brom squad, I think him, Ajayi, Johnstone are probably the most likely to stay in the Premier League. Maybe Diagne.
0: Yeah. And Pereira is... I mean, some of the big clubs should look at Pereira. That's how good he's been for West Palm this season. He's Maybe for, Spurs. Maybe Spurs. Yeah, perfect fit for Spurs. That's, Spurs or Arsenal, I think one of those clubs... Or Villa, should... if
1: Grealish goes somewhere.
0: Yeah, fair shot. Fair
1: shot. Right, so now let's talk about Bamford a little bit. A lot of us have like Calvert-Lewin. Or like, you know, a United asset in that seventh or eighth attacker slot. So, do you guys think it's worth taking a hit for Bamford? Oh, uh... Let's say if you have to play somebody
2: like Greenwood, I, I'd you know, only take DCR. a hit if if, if if I'd only take a hit if um, if I were to captain Bamford. Let's assume your ri- rival doesn't own him, and you're chasing a big deficit. Then I'd go that route. Otherwise, I think there's potential for Cavallo to score this week. I, I don't think uh, City will be uh, too tight at the back. They've been playing very expansively, so I don't think. And Everton are generally good on the road, so uh, I'm not too averse to the idea of playing. Uh, they're good on the road defensively
1: though. In terms of attack, they don't create that many chances. They only have like one or two like proper chances. So, I'm not as confident. Like, you know, I, I think DCL is something like a two-pointer. So, I'm actually pretty bullish on the hit for Bamford. I think his ceiling is really high this week. I'm with
0: Bakar on this one. I mean, yes, Bamford's ceiling is, is extremely high this week. But uh, City have been conceding because they haven't been very tight in defence, you know. So, I'm agreeing, you know, with where they've been playing fairly expensive in terms of the football that they're trying to play. So I, I do it for a free transfer, 100%. I do it for the a free hit, transfer. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, for you're looking a hit, for a striker, so. this week, number one choice to go to is Bamford. But I I, I don't know if I'd take a hit for
1: it. See, it's interesting because I'm looking at, like, I also, we'll get to my team when I talk about it. I want to bring in essentially Dallas and Bamford into my team. And I'll most likely be selling in place of, let's say, Shaw and Greenwood. DCL would be going out. So, but to so Greenwood would be getting benched. So essentially, do I play Greenwood and Shaw, or do I take a hit for Dallas? It could be Robertson as well, and Bamford. I think those two players can outscore the former by four points. And you know me. Yeah, yeah, gonna... yes, but,
2: yes, but but Greenwood's not likely to play, right? Cavill has a chance of scoring, so that's that's what decision is based on. Correct. And so, in your
1: case, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm very hit-averse and I think we've spoken on previous game weeks also, especially in game week 38, there's only one shot, one roll of the dice to repay the hit. But I think I'm more confident in the Leeds guys doing it than any other team because 3, 4, 5, you know, whatever the score is, they're still going to be gunning for it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. If you're feeling it, go for it. You're talking me into it. I think it's a good shot. It's a good shot. There's a potential for a double-digit hole there for Bamford. And actually,
1: like you said, I'm more confident on Bamford than Dallas because like you said, West Brom might score. Yep, so, yep. so and there are I some
0: managers. Was. I mean, this is a good segue into the next game because there are some managers who might be owning both DCL and Ian Nacho at the moment. And I saw that. Are we done talking about Leeds? I, can I move think so. We this. can move into Leicester Spurs. You yeah. can just start this. I'm gonna get something some almonds to eat All right, fine. I just I just want to talk about Leicester versus Spurs. Spurs probably had their worst performance of the season in that game against Aston Villa. They were absolutely toothless, they showed nothing. In that game, and I, I, I won't be surprised to see uh, Leicester and nacho grabbing a goal or two in this game just because of how poor they were in defense. Uh, Ryan Mason is not a competent manager, uh, so I quite actually fancy the Leicester assets, and especially if you own an nacho in this game, I like him for this game. What do you reckon, Bakar?
2: Absolutely, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I think um, Inacho has, has even more potential than, than someone like a Kane this week. I was looking at the odds as well, and, and Inacho is very highly um, likely to, to score according to the odds. In fact, Kane and so on aren't even in the top 15 for any time goal scorers, which is something which struck me straight away. You know, for those uh, managers who are looking to gain rank and uh, gain, gain a lot of ground, I, I don't think the Spurs' assets have a ceiling this week, especially considering um, how much Leicester have to play for so, I mean, I don't really like the idea of a Son and Kane double, uh, double up this week. Yeah, yeah. Would you sell Kane though? No, obviously not, right? No, I mean, I'm sure people yeah. have other priorities. I won't sell Kane. But like, you know, if, if, if you're chasing and I have nothing to lose, then, then I'm not even averse to the idea of doing it for someone like a Bamford or Antonio.
0: Would you lose a Son or a bail this week? for somebody like a Mane, let's
2: say? Uh, if you have no other uh, pressing issues, then then absolutely. I, I'd yeah. do it.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a bad shot as well. They showed nothing in that game, and Leicester. You'd expect Leicester to be very tight in that game as well, right? Because they can't afford to concede. Yeah, both. I have Castan
2: and I'm playing him. I, I won't be surprised if Leicester keep a clean sheet in this game.
0: Yeah, I think
1: we all fancy uh, Leicester in this game. Because... Ianacho, I think is a good captain shot if you have him as a differential.
0: I think he's up there. I don't. I don't know what captaincy again, Zoff, because uh, it's one of those games where everything is on the line for Leicester, right? Correct, but they so need is... to winning. Like they, I guess a
1: lot will depend at half-time how the Liverpool game is going if the liverpool exactly. game is they're winning they might try to have to score ultimately they need to beat liverpool i think by some three the three goals a so difference in gd yeah
0: something yep. like that yep. Yep. yeah it depends on half time right but the the key first the first step one for them is to get three points on the board and you know when there is so much on the line i don't see Mad football, loosey-goosey, too many goals happening. You know what I'm saying? With regards to Ian So, I think captaincy for Ian is maybe taking it a stretch too far. I mean, I much prefer Bamford amongst the strikers for captaincy. I much prefer the Liverpool midfielders for captaincy. But I'm not sure about Ian That's all. But yeah, Spurs were terrible. I mean, that's something all three of Would us. Would you sell doing. any of their assets for a hit if you had to? Not for a hit. No, no, too not much for quality in those players. I mean, yeah, the manager can do a poor job. But the players up front have quality. Correct.
1: Right. Let's move on to Liverpool Palace. A lot of interest in this fixture as well. I think Mane, I think Salah is going to be pretty much the template captain.
2: Yes, I think Salah and Trent, they have the highest upside this week. Palace on their left, they're very weak. Uh, Most chances conceded down that flank this calendar year. So Trent and Salah have a lot of potential this week. They'd be like the first two people I'd make sure I have in my team this week.
1: Yep. So let's talk about Robertson. Do you guys like Robertson as an option? His assist <laughs> one were quite lucky, right? Last game.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just just let's let's fill that out. Also, I managed to sell Robertson for a minus four, so that I could accommodate Kane. And what a rubbish rubbish was. Oh that was. Uh, but but his la- assists were quite lucky. I mean, you know, pass to pass and something like that. Wasn't expecting that based on the defensive form that Liverpool have shown in the past few games. But uh, if I had to, if I own Trent and Salah. And if I had to get a third player in this game, the player I'd probably go for is an attacker. Whether that's Firmino or Mane, depends on your team structure. Uh, but Robertson would be my third option in terms of the player to go for. Yeah, I agree. Santo Mane is
1: quite a popular move, I think, that's being discussed. I'm Mane not...
2: captaincy is the differential move to go for if you're chasing rank, in my opinion. Yeah. He has
0: a yeah, good that, record that, against is... Palace, especially, I remember. Yes. Yeah. And he's got a good game week 38 record as well. Correct. He generally tends to do well gen- towards the end of the season. Imagine, if, imagine though, if uh, uh, Roy Hodgson is able to pull off a result against Liverpool. I mean, because the club sacked him for not being able to reach the top four. And I think he's still a little bit bitter uh, about that result. Uh, and he might want his team to put on a good show. I remember not recently, in the past two, three years. But before that, Crystal Palace have been a little bit of a bogey team for Liverpool. But I, obviously, they have too much. But I, I would love for this narrator to happen. I, I think it would be great. Anything more to talk? I think there's
1: no point talking about Palace much over here. We can move on yeah. to Man City. Yeah, I just over. want
0: to mention that uh, Liverpool, I mean, I, I think Salah is the best uh, captaincy to go for if you are looking to, you know, hold position, etc. And on paper as well, I mean, there is no two doubts about it. Salah is the best captaincy option this week. I think both of you will agree. Agree. That's who I'm easily, going
2: for. Easily. I don't think it's it's even close. But, I mean, there are certain people who have to sort of take risks. So for them, yeah. so if you're can...
0: chasing, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Money is one of the better
2: options. The, the way the way I think about it is, you know, if if you have, if you aren't paying for rank and you have to chase, uh, you know, more than a 15 point target, then uh, then capturing someone else does probably make sense. You've got to take some sort of gambles to to make that kind of deficit.
0: Yep. And for Migno, if somebody has a slot open in upfront. Would you go there? He's been doing. No, bad. I don't think
2: so. I don't think he has the upside. For me, it's all about upside uh, differences at this stage of the season. Firmino doesn't really fit that well. I'd rather have Robertson or Firmino. Three goals, three sh- three shots on target for Firmino.
0: And you'd rather have a Bamford in that striker slot, if uh, you know. You prefer Bamford to a Firmino? Even an Ian not. Nacho.
1: I mean, let's say even if you have Bamford. Yeah, Antonio I agree. Even and Nacho. yeah, yeah for sure. Ian Nacho. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. City-Everton is a
1: difficult one to call. I think it all depends on the lineups. I wouldn't be ploughing into any City assets unless you have some sort of
0: definitive team news that they're starting. I think there's a differential I really like for the City-Everton game. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get minutes in this game. And that's Kevin De Bruyne. Not spoken about too much. He's been training since before the uh, previous game as well. And I fully expect him to get 70-75 minutes to get some match rhythm and not many people own him. We know the calibre of the player that De-, De Bruyne is. So, there's one differential I like. I've just got a feeling about De Bruyne and Gaping 38. So, if you're looking for a left-field depression, you're not really feeling a Sadio Mane. I, I, I really like De Bruyne as a differential in that game against
2: Everton. I won't go there, personally. If uh, uh, he starts, start. he plays 56. Pep has said, by the way, that, that Aguero is, is training. So, you, you resume he's starting. He's another one, you know. Um, if you have to, if you want to punt, then Kane to Aguero, captain is, is, I mean, these are moves I wouldn't normally recommend in in a normal game week. But, I mean, a lot of people are in uh, tough situations this game week. So, I mean, this is another calculated risk they can perhaps take.
0: Aguero, Aguero for me, is a nostalgia punt. I mean, from, and, and, and I say that being the biggest Aguero fan, right? So, if you're doing it, you do it if you have nothing to lose this season, exactly, I, I reckon, which is in my position. So, you know, if Pep is telling me that Aguero is uh, uh, trained, I'm going to be monitoring his Instagram on that night before uh, the game week 30, on Saturday night. And I'll probably throw him in, but I don't have anything to lose. So, if you're talking about seriously trying to chase somebody, the punt that I really personally like is Debrano, because I'm expecting him to play 70-75 minutes. And I think there's upside there. I think it's a very shrewd punt for game week 38. Fair enough. Should we move
1: on? Let's, yes. I think DCL we've already discussed. There's no need to discuss DCL anything. Any further? You guys think he has potential? I don't Sheffield think.
2: and Burnley? Chris, Chris Wood is a good pick. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. let's actually, yeah, let me, let's... Because yeah, we
1: already hit an hour I wanted to keep this under NR. We've already gone well over. So, West Ham, Southampton? I
2: think- uh, Again, uh, Antonio Lingard excellent options this week Sufal in defense is a decent shout as but well but not but not one buy it right
1: i don't think you'll be in-
2: investing in the defense because they look so yeah powerful. not exactly yeah but but Linda and Tony, if you don't have them i think they have upside they're worth buying do, you have, do
0: they have anything to play for west ham
1: they do they they can still yes. uh, i think europa league isn't clinched i think right they need a yes, draw they, they need they, a drop.
2: exactly to avoid the qualifier they have to win if i'm not mistaken
0: okay fine so they do have something to play for again so it's something on the line so i don't see them going berserk with the amount of goals they score. Uh, But uh, Zoff, actually, for your defensive shout-out, if you have the money for a Creswell, uh, I don't mind that shout at all. Because I think uh, Southampton were done in that performance against Leeds United. Uh, You know, Leeds ran them ragged. They'll be fairly tired. And Moez will want to keep this game very tight. He's on set pieces as well. Uh, He looked pretty good in that game uh, also. Mm So, you know, you're considering Dallas and uh, Robertson. I actually think clean sheet chances for a West Ham look good. I think they're back to the best. All the guys who generally play in the first team yeah, are back right. as well. Yeah, right. and all
1: are back but I don't know. They've they've not kept a clean sheet in what, seven or eight I, matches I, consecutively? Bakar? Something yeah. like that, right? Yeah.
0: That's, that's but right. but you know, do you remember the previous game? I mean, he managed to get across on the corner. He managed to hit the post also from a free kick. I just think Cresswell is an overlooked option for that's you. That's fair enough. It's a, good, it's a
1: good differential option and thing. And if you had to choose, if you choose between one of Antonio or Lingard, which way would you lean? Antonio? Antonio, same. Antonio, right? for, Antonio, for me as well. Yeah, me too. And I think Antonio is a differential captain shout as well. I think. I might... I do
2: think I, 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 Ella. I do think this this game has the potential to be high scoring though. I I think if I were to pick three games to be uh, one of the highest scoring of this this game week, uh, Leeds West Brom. We've already spoken about West Ham. Southampton would be my my number second because I do think that you know with the fans back, West Ham. They've had a good season. They have a feel good factor about them. Southampton, they haven't really been that great this season. I, I can see West Ham going big here. And, no, and, I think because I think and the if third one to, would be wolves I think that's another game I, I'd expect uh, a high-scoring game. In.
0: If they're scoring a couple of goals, Pakaar, West Ham, in this game, I think they'll look to consolidate that lead and hold ground. And I think it's going to be a defence-first approach for Moyes if something is on the line here. Which is why I actually think it's a very good shout for Zoff who's looking for a defender in the market right now. So, just wanted to add that. Fair enough
1: let's yeah. move on to the last one wolves man united and as the chat has pointed out to us numerous times this is <laughs> yeah we know we know we read we read yeah. the chat
0: <laughs> nuno has left the room is leaving the room that's his last game last game yeah yeah, yeah. i wasn't expecting that i wasn't expecting A
2: spurs that. move on the cards
1: i, I mean who else <laughs> nobody else wants to go near spurs uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Potter would have been the idea nobody could be, not, not even be an option again next season if that oh. how happens
0: yeah, all right. Doherty at wing-back. That's a yeah, yeah, oh, good show.
2: That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting.
0: But yeah, when it comes to United, I mean, I've been hearing some... I mean, I read a, uh, I read an MEN article where they spoke about possibly, uh, you know, Lee Grant starting as keeper. And uh, they spoke about Dan James. Uh, Solskjaer spoke about Dan James being involved in this game. And he spoke yeah. about getting minutes in the legs of those that haven't had too many minutes. So, I'm not feeling very confident about our first team starting. And even if they do start, 60 minutes tops. So there's nothing to play for. Second place is secured as well. So, I'm not big on United Assets. Yeah. So,
1: his quote was, you want to go in with loads of energy, but also confidence. We'll make a few changes versus rules. Freshen up a few minutes into legs or those who might need it. The last line is a bit interesting.
0: Exactly. I think... Uh, who is he Who is he
2: referring to? Hello? Hello?
0: He was referring to Dan James, probably somebody like Matic who hasn't played too much, probably Marta who hasn't played too much. Uh, and Marshall is not in the squad this season, uh, this uh, game week, and he's trying to be fit for the final. So he's not going to be a concern. So you'd expect maybe two of Greenwood, Cavani, Rashford, Bruno to play? Rashford, but... I'm
1: a bit doubtful because ultimately the turnaround is really short for Rashford, right? Really Same thing with Cavani. I don't think he'll yep. mess around with Cavani much. So, yeah. and like we're expecting, we don't expect Greenwood to start the final, right? yep
2: yep
1: so would, would you stick with Greenwood? Let's assume we don't get any team sheets, don't get any team news now. This is a dilemma I have which a lot of people might also have is like, do you risk Greenwood or do you do a DCL to a Bamford and bench Greenwood? Uh, for
0: a hit is what you're talking about right. Let's
1: talk about both scenarios. Let's talk about for a free or for a hit, would you risk benching Greenwood? Neither, neither he nor. wouldn't
0: be my. He, let's
1: just say he wouldn't be
0: my priority transfer out. Greenwood.
2: I, I'm I not a... confident personally on Greenwood starting. I, I'm really not sure. Like, if I had no other pressing concerns, I'd probably sell him. Because I, I don't really think. Yeah. I don't was... really think he's, he's enough for ceiling as well. I'm not sure.
1: Right. Because also um, the supporting cast is going to be missing. Right. Who's going to create exactly? That's what I was going to come. to, You know. So.
2: Exactly. It's going to be a bit of a. Uh, problem even if he starts he, he doesn't really have that much of an upside
0: all right cool we mentioned that i think I, I think that news is what you need to watch out for the most uh if i do manage to get any news i'll be happy to share it but that, that's the news i think there might be indications closer to deadline when it comes to the united team specifically so that's something to watch out for right so let's just are we this. done with I've, the fixtures anything else anything else you guys want to add Nope, nothing. Just Pep mentioned that Aguero has been training for the past yeah. uh, couple of days. So for those that have nothing to lose and if he served you well, I probably might just go there, get him and captain him because I have nothing to lose. So just enjoy the final day of the season. That's it. But uh, I think we're all on the same page. Salah is a standout captain and the uh, chasing yes. captain uh, is probably somebody like a Bamford or a Mane that we like. I quite like De Bruyne as a shout, not for captaincy, but I think it's a good differential to go for. Mm. Nothing else. I think that sums it up
1: right so let's just quickly go through our teams i have to go I have some issues to attend to at home so
0: right, you just a cool. little walk through yeah i'll quickly go through my team for the benefit of the listeners uh i have martinez as my keeper at the moment i have ariola as my bench ariola as my bench keeper i might switch that up uh, actually i'll just uh, let martinez be there cuz he's done well for me this season and i'll just uh, stick him and stick him in there in defense i have short trent alioski and rodrigo in midfield, I have Fernandez, Rafinha, Salah, and Greenwood. And up front, I have Wood and Kane. On my bench, I have Smithrow and DCL. I'll probably find a way to uh, fund DCL to Aguero and uh, probably do it through sub- downgrading some somebody like a Bruno. So, that's where I am at the moment. I think my, I'm going to make up my decision closer to deadline. So, yeah, that's where I am at the moment. Cool. Baka? Uh,
2: so, I have Ariola and Goal. Uh, Shaw, who I don't think will play, so probably Konza will come in for him. Um, Trent, Castan, Lingard, Pereira, Salah, Captain, Rafinha, Antonio, Kane, and Calvert-Lewin. Um, I have Moraes on the bench at the minute because I don't really think he's going to start. And, but I, I'll probably end up starting him because I don't think he's going to be at risk of a bench appearance if he does get benched. Um, the transfers I'm thinking with uh, regards to my own team is is I'm probably thinking it's a simple move from Cameron Lewin to Bamford because I want to catch that upside uh, with Bamford. I don't really want to take a hit and I will probably end up starting Ariola because I think Konza will come in for sure anywhere. So that's what I'm thinking in regards to my team. What do you guys think I should do? Good move. I like it.
1: Uh, yeah. Could you repeat what we were you planning to do?
2: Uh, Cameron to Bamford. to
1: Bamford. For free. For free. And yeah, you could have Kansa, Sabin for sure. That's not too bad.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can take a hit, but then again, I don't think it's worth
1: it. Yeah, you know, similar situation as me, whether you take the hit for, like, the defender or not.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's
1: a bit of a tough one. Yeah, so my team is just Martinez in goal. Rudiger, Shaw, Trent. Midfield, Rafinha, Lingard, Salah, Sun, Greenwood. Forwards, Kade and Antonio. On my bench, I have Saiz, Calvert-Lewin, White. So, yeah, that's like I explained to him multiple times. So, I have to decide whether to, like, bring in Bamford for DCL and bench Greenwood or, like, you know, get in Dallas or Robertson for Shaw in that spot. So
0: I take the hit in your
1: case. I think I will be taking the hit. I yes, think.
0: I
2: think I would.
0: All
1: right. Uh, guys, let's wrap up. I have to get going. All
0: right. So, okay. Uh, uh Guys, uh I've clocked your super chat. I'll be answering that on Twitter. Uh, Zoff needs to go there's something that's up. So uh, thank you uh, for being with us throughout this season. We appreciate your support. Apologies for ending this uh, on a very quick note. But Zoff and me will be back with you next week with uh, FPL Sala and Tom Freeman doing a post-season uh, analysis spot. So we'll see you then. And that's it from us. Thank you again for being with us. Thank you very
2: much for the support, guys. It's been a pleasure this season. Thank you very much.
0: And hit the like button, those in the chat. Hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you so much, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.